and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest this week is Tony Ortiz. Now, Tony was the lead singer of the band The Monroes back in the 80s, who released a cult classic hit, What Do All the People Know? They only released an EP, and unfortunately dealing with record company issues, company closing, moving on to another label, they never released a full-length album. Tony took some time away from the music industry, and now he's back with his brand new band, Tony Ortiz and the Guns of Soul. They have some new music on his website, TonyOrtizSoul.com. It's really good. We talk about the old days, we talk about his current bands. I like Tony a lot. I hope his new project really does well, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with him. So, Tony, before we kind of reminisce and look back at the um, Monroe's, I want to talk about your new band, uh, Tony Ortiz and the Guns and Soul, which I love the name. It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic name. So let's start off with that. How did you come up with, with the name of the band? You know, I'm, I'm glad somebody's finally asked me that. Um, right. Nobody's really taken the time to ask me that. But um, it came to me, I was driving cross country, I don't know, probably about eight years ago. I was going from Minnesota to California, which I often did. Uh, oh, I mean, I still do, just not right now in this time. But um, it came to me out of just out of nowhere, and and it just hit like a bell. And I just said, "Yep, yeah, that's it. I I love it. It's that's what we're going to call it." And and you know, uh, uh, different folks will take the name and really, you know, uh, not know what they're going to expect you know from the band the guys uh, and and you know what it's just real it's real punchy rock and roll with a soul and r&b feel and it's got a bluesy kind of thing but it's not one of those things right so you know and i grew up in southern california so southern california is in there too with that 70s kind of rock feel you know um so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been, uh, the guys that I know here in Minneapolis uh, have been really supportive and they're really you know, great players, every one of them. So it's, it's been a, a real, a real pleasure to, to be with them. And, and I really love those guys. They, they, they know what they're doing and they know how to interpret what I'm coming up with. And, and we're, we're writing new stuff now where I mean, we're in the process of writing a, a whole new deal. I don't know if you listen to, um, we did a, a salsa rendition of Let My Love Open the Door. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that, that's going to be on this new album, too. It's um, yeah. So that, that was a lot of fun. And and it's you know not to pigeonhole me into anything. I just wanted to do something uh, rootsy and kind of uh, salsa like. And, and it came off pretty good. So, yeah, no, it, it's true, because like now, I mean, because the whole record industry is you know obviously blown up now you can put up your own music and whatnot you can have a you know an album with seven different types of you know music whereas you know back then you had to pick like basically one genre of music and you know yeah record company can actually sell it but like what is your goal now i mean is it just to play live to get a record deal to you know release this music i mean it's fantastic so if you want more people to hear it but What's your goal? Uh, what I want is is to be able to have someone do my songs if they want mm -hmm. to. Right. So, and I mean, I'm willing to do them too, but I mean, um, in reality, you know, uh, being older and just whatever, you know, it just, it just doesn't, uh, I don't have those kind of, uh, I don't have that kind of expectation about anything. And so it makes it, it actually takes the pressure off of trying to make it or, you know, do anything. I mean, I've been trying to make it since I was 13. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's not, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm not willing to do that. And you're right. The music industry right now is very different and very wild west. You know, yeah. you can do anything you want. And if you guerrilla market it, you could, you could push it along and you can do so that's that's my goal is just to do it very organically and see what happens you know right i imagine like the the feedback you've gotten is, is is pretty strong yeah it's real strong i mean you know the the songs that i'm writing i, I mean i've written 
I mean, uh, some of the songs were written at least 10 years ago and some were written just last year or, right. or, you know, very, very, uh, very current. And so it, it just, you know, I don't know if it, um, you know, I guess it, it just, it lends itself to do whatever and, and it feels good to be just playing music, you know? Right. And you mentioned, you know, your like salsa version of let my love open the door, you know, the great, you know, up mm -hmm. Townsend song. Um, and you can hear it on Tony's website, tonyortizsoul.com, which, you know, it's, there's some other songs on there as, as well, which, which are really good. He has a video of just fine on YouTube. You yep. can search That's that right. As yeah. well. um, is that, how did you meet, you know, I guess you can call them the guns of soul. How did you meet those? <laughs> um, I had moved here to the twin cities, probably at right after the Monroe's broke up. And um, I got married the second time to another Minnesota gal. First time was a Minnesota gal. Right. Second time. Minnesota gal. And, um, I had uh, I had kind of sunk into suburbia and and uh, you know a homeowner and you know all that stuff and um, I didn't I didn't want to do anything I was fed up with the music business and in yeah. about twelve years ago I started again and I slowly just kind of got back into it and how it happens is you kind of weave through people. And you find you find the right mix of people that you want, and that's that's really what happened. And these these guys that I have, Randy Weidman, Rosa Guyona, uh, Kent Peterson, um, Frankie P Polchecki, and um, and Mark Metcalf, um, you know, they are they're just phenomenal, and they just and they have the uh, they have the instinct to bring out what I'm trying to do in my music. And then right, like I said, right now, we're, we're even uh, writing a few things together. So it's starting to, you know, starting to move that way. So it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I think did any of them know like your background with the Monroe's? Oh yeah, they all do. Well, yeah. You know, as soon yeah. as I know somebody, I usually tell them, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't open with that. So, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you know, and as a matter of fact, just a funny small story is that uh, I started working uh, as a contractor uh, for a company. And um, right now I'm in hopefully uh, looking, trying to get hired on. But okay. um, anyway, the one of the guys I work with, he said, uh, well, what do you do for fun? And I said, well, I don't know. I, I was a one hit wonder in the eighties and right. I just kind of left it at that. Yeah. And then he looked it up and he went on Google and he came back at me and he said, you're, you're a rock star. I said, no, I'm not a rock star. I'm just, right. like, just a regular guy. I'm not a rock star. And, uh, but we had a fun, we had fun with it. And, and, uh, but it's not something that I come out with, and especially in a corporate situation, yeah. you know, a corporate world uh, looks a little bit differently on somebody who's playing music and whatnot. Right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Right. So like I said before, you know, Tony Ortiz, soul.com, you could check out all, all his uh, new music there. And well, let's, let's reminisce. Cause I want to give you like my story, how I discovered the, the Monroe's. Uh, okay. You know, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, you know, from uh, from you know New York City, so uh, WPLJ no longer in an uh, operation now. Uh, play a lot of you know contemporary songs. So it was like eighties, nineties, and whatnot. So mm -hmm. I'm forty five right now, going to forty six. Oh boy, I can't mm -hmm. believe it. But uh, so like, I would say like mid eighties, this song would keep coming on. I I should have figured out the song. The title was "What Do All the People Know?" Because absolutely loved it but now in the age of you just hold your phone up and you can shazam anything or display the that's right song, yeah. dj would never say who the band was so mm -hmm. no internet so i had to rely on asking my mom to take me to the record store to talk to the, whoever's working there tell me who sings the song right. so finally i had my little tape deck put the tape in and recorded it from because every time you get little pieces of the song you know, now just on demand, you know, you know, started from the beginning before you had to rely on the radio, you know, this is all first world yeah. problems, of course. So yeah. I had to I eventually got it on cassette. And before I actually got the song on CD and one of those comp compilations, you know, I forgot what yeah. it was. 
Living Oblivion. I forgot what, what which yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I had my cassette with you know, what do all the people know on it, and finally, after you know ten times, the DJ said it, the Monroe's. You could always speak your mind You work so hard to say what's right I watch you do it all the time And when I called you on the phone You said that I could be the one But here I'm standing all alone And you're out lying in the sun Tell me am I getting in too deep Every night I'm talking in my sleep find an album unfortunately in the stores which was un- unfortunate and then years yeah. later i was able to hear the rest of what was on the ep which is mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic but by the way oh. yeah, yeah thank you it is it is great it's awesome it's it's uh it, it was a uh it, you know it was a it was a beautiful thing playing with those guys and being involved in that you know i would never take back any moment of that so yeah yeah, I mean, because like there were so many other songs on that like EP that could have been hits. Oh, all, every one of them. There Bones was five. Against, Bones Against the Rain was, you know, I love that song, Jewelry Box. You don't know. I mean, they're, they're all like, you know, solid hits that probably, you know, would have at least hit the top 20.
that's all unreleased that never got released yeah 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 so so what what, like, what exactly happens like what happened why wasn't there an album and why were you guys dropped well let's see where do you want to start from so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's 1982 the album has come out we're on we're on the road as an opening act for rick springfield okay, okay? And we're doing uh, the Midwest and we're doing Pacific Northwest for that summer. So we're on the tour and, and we're having a good time and we're really, the song is getting played a lot and all that. We came back from the tour at the end of the summer, which was probably around, I don't know, August or September. And um, we wanted, okay, so then MTV was starting to start up. And... Um, uh, we went to the, the record company, which was uh, a company from Japan called Alpha. Okay. And uh, we went to uh, meet with the president of the company to talk about making a video for this. And while we were in there talking, the girlfriends and whatever uh, others, significant others were out in the lobby and they were listening to the secretary saying, what are you going to do when this place folds up? Uh -oh. where, where are you going to go you know you got any leads on anything and 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 they didn't obviously i don't know why they didn't i mean whatever reason right and we found out that way and then not much longer after that we were we were didn't have a record company okay. our manager quickly got assigned to cbs records okay and that um proved to be not what you think i mean the guy who wanted us there left and went somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we were kind of left just stranded. And then eventually it just, the A&R guy that they gave us didn't like what we were doing and wanted to change everything. And it's just like, right. it wasn't worth it. And we just ended up, it just, the band just eventually broke up piece, you know, it, it fragmented right. away. And, and I ended up just moving to minnesota and just saying that's it i'm i'm done I, i'd always been a cook okay you know as a backup right and um so i i got a job you know at a yeah. little restaurant in in a small town and 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 that was it i mean you know and then you just kind of go on now i'm not doing that anymore because i'm too old for that but right I'm, I'm in the manufacturing and i'm in purchasing i'm a buyer and uh, I've done that for the last 27 years and I love it. But um, anyway, long story short is that we, we didn't have the support that we should have had. The song was, if anyone had any kind of brain cells to think, or even just a heart to go, you know what, these, these guys are pretty damn good. Let's, right. you know. But, you know, they ended up pushing other artists and I'm not going to mention who they are. I have mentioned who they are and I, I kind of regretted that. And it, they, they went on to do really well and we didn't. And that's kind of the name of the game. Right. Um, it, it's a sad situation. I have a grandson who's trying to make it out in, in, in California right now too. And, and I said, go for it. He's young. He's 21, mm. 20. Right. And I said, go for it. Now's the time to do it. And if right. you don't come home and, you know, yeah. do something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least you can say he tried. You know, you don't want to just say what exactly. if exactly. And right. you know, it's not to say he doesn't have the. He wants to be. He's a. You know, he's a. He's an actor. Okay. But he also sings really well. You right. know, and and all that. But, um, and he and he got. You know, he has the look. He has the the thing. But it. You know, his business will chew you up if. Yeah. You know, if you're not cookie cutter, forget it. You know, forget about it. You know. Yeah. I know because now it's like whatever you hear on the radio, it's just everything's auto tuned and it's very, uh, yeah, you know, it's not like authentic, you know, it's like nine mean. No, it's not, you're right, like, it's not authentic. Right yeah, it, it, song. Yeah. yeah, it becomes, you know, it's dumbed down. I mean, the music has been dumbed down. I mean, you know, there's a lot of theories and you know, a lot of opinions about it, mm -hmm. but I think mostly, and I think you know, there is a few artists out there that are trying to do the best they can. Right. You know, and they're authentic and they're real. And, and I, I enjoy listening to that stuff more than anything else, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also hard. I mean, cause 
you know, on, on regular radio, you hear the same like four artists, five, but like if you go on say Sirius XM or Spotify, it's, it's, there's so much out there, but it's very hard to find, you know? And yeah. Unless you just yeah. like go on down a rabbit hole one day and just find these people, but it's, it, it's really hard before, well, you know, back in your day, they played so many different artists and they had this, you know, different songs and you were able to, you know, hear them and digest them and, and appreciate them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there were, I mean, and we were packed. I mean, everyone was packaged. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, not in that kind of plastic way. I'm just saying it, it wasn't as, um, yeah. as uh, wild as it is right now, where, you know, there's all kinds of things going on music wise and, and getting listened to and whatnot. You know, there's a lot of good outlets. Uh, there is a station here in the cities called the current, which is a NPR station. Okay. It plays a lot of very hip new stuff right and then you've got your tried and true you know stations of course but for me it's it's the place like the current or somewhere else where right now they're they're playing what do all the people know okay you know yeah. as a retro thing and so yeah you know i'm retro you know <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so when you guys opened up for rick springfield i mean i the audience is a little different i can imagine than what would be for the monroe so how did you like win them over you know, it was difficult, but we did. I mean, right. we, I mean, at the very beginning of that, uh, we'd gone, we'd had 30 minutes okay. to win them over. Right. And the very beginning, I mean, they were chanting, we want Rick during right. our songs, yeah. you know, but you know what, as time went on and we, and we uh, kind of kicked, you know, kind of kicked that off the, you know, off the stage and, and not let it get us down. And we did a, we did our show for 30 minutes it's, it felt good, you know? Um, so it, you know, it was a process. Yeah. Like I said, I wouldn't take any of it back. I mean, we had a lot of good times and we had, right. uh, you know, and we had some bad times too, but all that kind of builds your character, you know, yeah. uh, for anything in life. I mean, I, after doing 30,000 or 20,000 people at, you know, in shows, you can do just about anything, you right. know? And I think that's exactly the way I look at it. You know, I mean, you know, if you can do that, you can do anything. Right. You just need to put your mind to it. And that's, right. that's kind of my theory or my philosophy. Yeah. Is it, is it more difficult playing in front of that many people or, or compared to playing like in front of 50 people at like an outdoor festival? Yeah. Well, it's a huge stage. So you got a lot of room to work. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're playing little stages and we're playing, you know, clubs um you know mid-sized clubs and um doing really well and packing them out but you get on a big huge stage like i mean that's like five stages you know right. and and it was a lot of room to a lot of real estate to cover and to try to feel that with your your sound or with your uh i mean you know i was the front man i wasn't into acrobatics or any i mean you know i was right. just the front guy you know yeah. coming from old school front guy stuff yeah and that's what i did and you know and, but in the club situation it was all, so much more fun because the audience is right there dancing right and having a great time and you can interact with them and you can look at them and they look at you and they can see how much sweat is pouring out of your pores yeah and it's just it's it's awesome it's a it's the best feeling in the world you know yeah. so like how did you get involved in music uh, I was 13 years old. Uh, I've always loved I've always loved music since right. I was probably eight years old. The Beatles broke me, hmm. broke my, you know, my maiden was uh, the Beatles. And, and I just in 64, I went to go see Hard Day's Night by myself at what, eight years old. Okay. Right. Walked downtown uh, in Oceanside, California, walked from my neighborhood downtown and went into the theater and i think i paid 50 cents or 25 cents i can't remember what it was but i went in there and there was nothing but screaming girls in there <laughs> right and all I, I wanted to hear the music because i loved what you know that in 64 hard days night you know all that business i mean i loved all that music it was it was a, a huge part of my life anyway at 13 i we had a little band me and the guys from junior while well, we were yeah junior high and um, we had gotten together. Well, we didn't have a band yet. We'd gotten together for an overnight uh, guys getting together, right. you know, goofing around. 
and uh, we were li- we were listening to the doors in in Ron Nagy's uh, bedroom, and uh, and uh, they went in, they went to the kitchen to go get some food or something. Right. I stayed there and I sang along with with Jim Morrison, you know, in my thirteen year old voice or twelve year old whatever. Right. And you know, I mean, I don't know how good or bad it was, but the guys were all listening at the door when I was singing to it, I, I can't even remember what the song was, but, um, they all busted in laughing and go, that was you. (laughs) (laughs) You're pretty good. Let's start a band, you know? And so we did, I mean, we just kind of put it together and it was a little, you know, a little band to start off, but that, that really just, that started the, the love of, of being and playing and doing, and then, you know, we get small gigs and, uh, guitar player was was a Mormon, so we played some you know Mormon dances, right. you know the stake the stake dances they call them, yeah. and uh, we had a great time with that. And then any you know other stuff, and it was just it was just great, and it worked out great. And then I, me and my guitar player that was in that band, we got hooked up with a cup. We were like fourteen now, 15, 14 I think. And we hooked up with uh, two guys that were seniors in high school, bass player and drummer, and Larry Dent on drums and Sammy Lopez, and um, and we we went and did car shows and we I mean you know we we went up the ladder when right. everybody else kind of stayed there, but we were with the older guys and getting educated really quick, you know, and uh, it was good. It was good. We did really well. I, I think I recorded Ticket to Ride in a studio in L.A. probably when I was 16. I'm trying to find that tape. Right. Um, which probably sounds fairly good, I would think. Yeah. By 16, I had a good, solid voice that, you know, needed to be, you know, needed more work, but it was right. pretty solid. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's how it got started. And right. then just it's been going ever since. Yeah. So Never was that stopped. when yeah was that when you realized that this could be possibly a career for you? That's when I did. Yeah, and you know, and then of course I got into other bands and other, you know, other things came up and uh did a lot of recording. I did a lot of recording uh with various people that you know, is not I wish I had at least 3 or 4 of those things that I did. Right. And you know, from that age and and uh and just kept trying to make it until uh, tried to make it before the Monroes in the early in the 70s, uh, late 70s. And uh, it didn't work. I mean, you know, it just it's hard. Yeah. And then I got a call from that band that I was trying to make it with a band called Airplay with uh, my buddy, Steve Shepard, who is still who's in L.A. now. And he's a recording engineer and he's been okay. doing that for ever and ever. Right. And he's very you know, he's been uh, pretty, uh, pretty successful with that. But anyway, um from that band airplay, Bob, the bass player from the Monroe's uh, auditioned for us as airplay. And uh, it didn't quite work out, but he remembered me and he went to Steve and he got my phone number and he came over with the keyboard player, Eric, right to my house, to my town home. Right. And he had a cassette of three songs and he gave me the cassette and he said, can you learn these? And then uh, can you see if you like them? I said, sure. And I listened to them and I said, yeah, this is great. It's good stuff. And, um, and then, so then I called them and I went to the recording studio and my, was my audition was recording, I think two songs. And I went in there and recorded both songs. I was really nervous. Now I'm a North County guy right. in San Diego. North County is uh, different than San Diego County because San Diego, it's still San Diego County, but it's, in the north county so i'm coming into the big city with all these guys you know and i'm pretty nervous hmm. and uh i do my thing and uh i'm thinking okay hope it's good enough i come back into the, the control room and they go when can you when can you start i said I'm start now you know and we did uh, i think we did another song recorded another song that was on that uh they already had another singer but they weren't very happy with them so he got he got axed then i was brought in so and then uh just took off from there right 
it took off and it took off from there. And, and, you know, and it was a long, hard road too. We did a lot of auditions for, I mean, we did a lot of showcases for all the majors, A&M, Warner Brothers, uh, I don't know, probably Slash, Records, Arista. We did all the showcases that we possibly could. And it came down to the wire that this little label from Japan had moved here just prior to, I mean, just in that time in, I think, 81. Right. And they had signed Lulu from the 60s. And she had a new album out. Yeah. And she was on that label. Uh, Billy Vera and the Beaters were on that label. I had Billy on the show. He had a hit, big hit with uh, At This Moment. Right. But he had a lot of other great songs, too. I mean, and he'd been storybook children. You know, he'd been doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Way before any of that. Um, And then uh, I. Oh, and then Burton Cummings was on that table, too, as a solo artist. Right. And, a lot of variety. And, <laughs> a lot of variety. Yeah. yeah. And another band called Yellow Magic Orchestra. Okay. And I think they were from Japan. I think they might have been. Anyway, um, so ultimately, you know, I mean, you know, it was it was the it is the luck of the draw, whatever you want to call it. It's it's the way things are in in some people get the break and some don't, you know. Yeah. And I've come to terms with that. I mean, you know, I'm I'm happy that we had a song that was 52 or 54 right. on the Billboard 100. So I was happy about that. And, you know, you still hear it all over the place. Yeah. I get people on Facebook going, I was at Home Depot and I heard, you know, right. you on, on the overhead. Yeah. So, you know, it is, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's great. Um, but I'm also very happy about my new stuff because the new stuff is really it digs into my soul of what I'm about, yeah. you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, like, like I said before, I mean, I love all the, you know, the songs that I've heard on, on the website. Did mm-hmm. you like personally write all, all of the original songs yourself? Yeah, I did. All those songs are mine. Okay. Um, you know, I am collaborating with my buddy, Steve out in LA. He has a writing group and we're starting to uh, collaborate. And also not only that, but he's got some great songs that I may want to do. Mm-hmm. also so you know it's that it's that kind of deal where you know you you need to find good songs wherever you can and and i've been trying to write good stuff myself um and it's you know i'm it's a little dry right now but i think it's starting to come around again uh you know right sometimes you need to fall in love and break get your heart broke in order yeah. to write a good song. <laughs> usually those are the best songs <laughs> Yeah, is yeah. like the album gonna be like on a like a independent label, or you kind of can like do like a crowdfunding thing, or how's that gonna work? Yeah, you know, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be independent uh, release that I'll put on iTunes and all the other media outlets like that, right. and then we'll try to push it like that. I'm I'll try to find some support from people who can help push. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's in the old days it used to be distribution was everything, right? right. And now it's like, I mean, I've got Best Buy here and Target here as a corporate. Yeah. And and I thought about once we get this together and package it up, maybe we, you know, I would go and see if they would do something about putting in their stores. Yeah. But you know, it's it's a long shot. And you know, it's it is it is it is that. And you have to kind of, you know, it's like I said in the beginning of this. It's not so much about trying to make it again. It's just trying to be, I don't know, legacy, viable, whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're creative and you want to have an outlet, you know? It's like, that's what, what most of the artists now that, you know, had record deals and don't, you know, they, they still do it, you know, because there's not much money in record sales anymore or, you know, or song plays. So they, they yeah, still- I don't want to sit in the basement and play play music to my you know to me and the guys i you know the, we go out and we play and people enjoy the hell out of it, you right. know and it and it, it it means something to me and it, it could mean something to whoever hears it whatever and that if i can get anything out of that it's it's you know it's again it's the old thing of you play to one person and they like it and they tell somebody else it's right. the old it's the old old business it's what yeah. you know it's and, you know, I think uh, those are the kind of things I'm a big believer of that kind of stuff. 
you know, where yeah. you can go out and, and try to get people to, to understand what you're doing and like what you're doing. And, and, you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Right. You know, it's it, in this, in this town, there's a lot of artists here trying to do the same thing, yeah. trying to make, make a living playing music either by covers or by their own stuff and some are very successful it's been obviously everyone's gotten hit by this covid thing so it's you know it that but take that out of that equation and you know it could be something it just needs right. needs time for you know stuff to build yeah when like the album does come out would you guys consider you know doing like tours like around the country or is that something that you obviously need you know a nice yeah you know for it 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 is a possibility of doing um some kind of thing right i really am open to that because i think that i think it would be i mean you know because of the monroes and the uh open door there uh, there's, I know a lot of people in New Jersey and in New York and a lot of people who are, um, you know, Monroe fans, right. but they also like what I'm doing now too. Yeah. And so, you know, I think the possibility is there for sure. It's just a matter of trying to find the right, you know, it might just be me and, and my guitar player going out and yeah. doing stuff, you know? So, I mean, you know, it may start off small, but I, I definitely, the power of this band is felt, you know, when we play live, we have, right. you know, there's a, a lake band shell that does music all, all summer. And we've played there last three summers and, uh, you know, it, we've grown exponentially. We yeah. have grown the crowd from people going, oh yeah, it's that guy. It's right. that, <laughs> that guy. You got to go, you got to hear him, you know? Yeah. And it's fun. I mean, you know, it's fun to do that. And it's fun to meet people and talk to them and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Well, back to the Monroe's for a second. Did you guys sure. have enough material for an album at first? Or was it just oh. for, for an EP? No, we had enough for two albums. Okay. I mean, there's stuff when I first joined that we never put on there. And then right. there's stuff in the middle and then and stuff after the EP. Yeah that uh well that stuff you heard on the itunes that's unreleased stuff right there's more of that there's okay. probably another another six songs beyond that oh, wow. okay and probably another six songs before that right so there's you know roughly about maybe 20 songs all together maybe a little more okay. that we have recorded that we recorded uh either uh you know in la or in, in san diego was there ever a talk like, you know, they had those like 80 retros concerts. Was there ever talk about getting Monroe's on one of those bills? I think, I think that, I don't know. I can't say for the guys. I think um, everyone's in San Diego. I'm the only one that's out here in, right. in Minnesota. And um, I think that Bob, the bass player has his own Monroe's right now. Okay. And he's doing his own thing with that. And he's, he's writing again and doing, Oh, he's always been writing, but I mean, he's got, he's got stuff he's doing that's different than my stuff. And um, I don't know. I think there was a time there where I wished it would have come together, but yeah. now it's just kind of just yeah. going around. Right. And, and it's, it's okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's um, I don't know what the word, I mean, uh, I'm too old. We're we're all too old to play any games or do any yeah, stuff. And I think, you know, those guys are doing what they want. I'm doing what I want. I'm pretty happy with that. And uh, yeah, we could do a thing, but you know, to be honest with you, I only have one song that anyone would remember, and it would be, it would be just, you know, it'd be uh, like Eddie and the Cruisers, where uh, you know that guy goes and plays that show band. You know, right. And it's just show stuff, and it's just you know, yeah, just, right. Yeah, uh, we opened for John Caffrey, as a matter of fact, in oh, okay. San Diego. Yeah, oh, wow. okay. back in 80, 80, 82, 81. Right, eighty two. No, it was eighty two. We opened up for them, okay. and uh, it was fun. Yeah, I, I good band. You, yeah, you mentioned uh, Eddie the Cruz. I had Michael Perret on, who played you know Eddie Eddie Wilson. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And like I, when the first time you see the movie, and I was young, because it came out I think eighty three. He thought he yeah. was, you know, sang the songs because he did such a great job lip singing. 
and did. When I him on, like I told him, it's like you did such a good job. I mean, you could have been, you know, like no one knew John Cafferty. You know, you could have been singing those songs. He's like, yeah, I think that was better than not my acting. So it was kind of funny. He's like, yeah. You know. <laughs> but yeah, no, John Cafferty was fantastic. I mean, that that whole soundtrack of that movie was was well. Great. He he went on to do some stuff, didn't he? Yeah, he did some stuff. Yeah, I, I think he did. And and who yeah, else was in that? Who else was in that movie? Like, oh, was um, Tom, Tom Berenger was in there. And Tom Berenger, uh, that's right. Ellen, yeah, Ellen Barkin and Joe Pantley. Ellen Barkin, yeah, yeah, that's right. It was, yeah. You know, it was good cast. You know, really, really good music. And yeah, yeah. yeah. you remember where you are the first time you heard? Uh, what do all the people know on the radio? Oh my God, yes, I do. That's <laughs> funny. You should say that. I was in my orange Audi LS one hundred LS. <laughs> right. Uh, 72 Audi 100 LS. You remember the 100 LSs? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I was in that. It was a, I was driving down the highway coming from a rehearsal or, okay. or something. I can't remember what it was. And I turned the radio on and there it is. Hmm. What do all people crank? Yeah. I cranked it. Yeah. And then it ended and I turned the station and it was on another station. And I think it I think it happened three times. I can't remember exactly, but I think it was three right. times. I turned to another station, San Diego station. It was on there. And so then we started to get the cash box magazine and the billboard magazine to see right. where we're being added to. Yeah. Every week we were added to some radio station in Arkansas or you know, or south in Florida or, yeah. or whatever. I mean, we we're adding all over the place. So it was, you know, it was a real trip. It, it reminds me of that thing you do when they're all in the record in the uh, in his dad's uh, right, uh, whatever you know, uh, place. Yeah, his store and their list, and it comes on the radio. That's exactly what it felt like. It was right. that. Yeah. It brought that that scene brought me back with chills. You know, I was right. like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> was was the record company uh, giving you a push on that EP? At that, at that point, <laughs> the song or no? You know, I don't think so. I mean, wow. I I think it was pushing itself. I think it was if it had gone any longer, or even you know, if it had, I mean, you know, the what ifs. I mean, if we would have had a, a a a video, it it would have probably they probably would have pushed it at that point, right? Because it would have gone over the edge at that point. Yeah. But you know, I think about that, Noel, and I think I probably wasn't ready for that kind of fame. You know. I don't right. think anybody's ready for that kind of thing. Yeah, right. You know, it it takes it takes the air out of the room that kind of fame, you know. And and so yeah, I say that now, yeah, you know, hmm. of course, but yeah. and I would have loved it if it would have happened, but I don't know what I don't know what would have happened to us. Right. You know, but I mean there was already things going on that were not kosher, if you will. Right. And you know, that's just that's just part of the deal, you know. Yeah. And um, anyway, but it, it's all good. It's it's yeah. all past now, and, and right. here we are. So. Yeah, and everyone wants fame until they have it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then when you have it, it's like, oh God, what, right, exactly. what have I done? Yeah, yeah. but you be didn't... careful what you ask for. I guess yeah. is the, the adage, you know. Yeah, exactly. But you did make a video for it just fine. It's on YouTube, and I think it's also on your website, Tony Soul. Uh, yeah, it is. It uh, is. Yeah. 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 Are you planning to make more videos, or is it just that one right now? Well, right now we're working on on seventeen miles. We're gonna be okay. working on that. Um, uh, Randy Randy's son Ryan Weidman is has his uh, it's called Paradise Photography, okay. and he's the videographer that has that did the Just Fine. Okay, and he'll be doing our next one too. And he does a great job. He has a great camera, and he has great eye, and a great feel for uh, putting things together. Right. And, and I think that's what we're going, what we're going to do is, is uh, 17 miles is going to be the next one. I've got another song that we're going to go in the studio on Saturday and, or to, uh, yeah, Saturday evening to mix, to find them, get a mix. It's called No Voodoo. Okay. And, and it's, uh, it's a great kind of, uh, it's a good song. I'll, I'll send it to you once it's done. Oh yeah, definitely. Look forward to hearing yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, Tony, I, I really appreciate your time tonight. Everybody, Go um go check out his website tonyortizsoul.com. The music's on there. It's also on uh, iTunes, right? That's correct. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. There's a there is the older CD called Someday on iTunes. Right. Yeah, 
And then, uh, you know, there'll be this one on iTunes too, as soon as I get it done. Right. So, yeah. And then check out, you know, the Moreau's old music. I mean, the EP. Was oh, definitely. Fantastic. I mean, it's, yeah, all those songs could have been hits. And, um, but what do all the people know, really? <laughs> it's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah. It's a very strong, strong song. Everybody loves it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate your time and nothing but success going forward. Oh, thank you, Noel. Thank you so much for giving me a chance to be on here and to share myself with you and, and your audience. And a special thanks to Tony for joining me today. Check out his website, TonyOrtizSoul.com. You can find the band's music on the site. You can play it right from the website. It's great. Also, check out the Monroe's EP. It's on Spotify. It's also on iTunes. And if you have a guest suggestion, hit me up on Twitter at the first Noel 19 or like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, wherever podcasts are found. A new episode comes out every week. And before we go, here is Tony Ortiz and the Guns of Souls first release, Just Fine. See you next week. Yeah.